Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. And boy, it's going to be a stinker. You're probably going to turn off whatever listening device you have going on at this moment because we're recapping what happened. The home opener, the season opener, the Freddie Kitchens era that began on this Sunday afternoon here in downtown Cleveland at First Energy Stadium, getting walloped by the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel to the count of a 43 to 13 score. And throughout the preseason, there was a lot of talk about whether or not the Browns played enough in preseason and had enough time to gel. And I think a lot of people made excuses along the way prior to the season opener. And many of those excuses did not. We just walked by a gentleman who said overhyped, one of the fans. A lot of disgruntled people outside the stadium right now as we have just left the Browns locker room after talking to uh, many of the players about what transpired out there in the past 60 minutes of NFL football. Pretty bad. Um, Initially, they came out with the offense and looked outstanding. They went down the field in a very quick and decisive manner. And then after that, they couldn't find any kind of rhythm on the offensive side. And they would continue to make penalty after penalty and dig themselves into a hole. And maybe we should have seen that this was going to head in this direction when the Browns get that first touchdown and then their rookie kicker, Austin Seibert, misses the extra point. And just as fast as you have the great momentum and great feel from the stands here at the stadium, everything went like, ugh. And so they had to rebound from that. But by and large, self-inflicted, too many penalties, gave up a lot of chunk plays to the Tennessee Titans, and they were exposed as perhaps a team that didn't work enough with the first team during the preseason. Uh, Or you could just say they got outplayed in the opening game. They were very undisciplined and they paid for it by getting beat by 30 points in their home opener, season opener. And I've been here for many years, covered so many of these teams. And I don't recall a Brown season this highly anticipated And then I certainly can't recall a team that was so highly anticipated to start their season and then came out and played with such a, uh, just a bad, bad result. So they have a lot of work to do. Again, as we are chatting with you right now, we are exiting the stadium and we're hooking up with a car to send us back to uh, Fox 8, my TV job. And I'll be bringing on my colleague, PJ Ziegler as well and we'll chat about the Browns, but just wanted to do kind of like a pop-up Browns podcast here on Tellich Talks and give you some opinions, some thoughts about what happened and uh, let you uh, enjoy it or at least get uh, some of the results from the game in your head. So I'm walking by here, about to get run over by someone in a cart as we uh, head over to the, hello, sir, how are you? We head over to the Science Center and pick pick up uh, someone that's coming to pick us up from Fox 8. So we'll be back, take a short, quick break. We'll be with P.J. Ziegler, and we'll talk Browns football here on Tellage Talks. 
We are back with P.J. Ziegler, my colleague here at Fox 8. And, P.J., you joked we're sponsored in this podcast by what? <laughs> we're sponsored. That long break was brought to you by the color yellow, as in the uh, the color of the flags that were thrown today because there were so many by the Browns. I mean, the most by the Browns, I think they, they said since 1951. I mean, yeah. that, that just goes to show you uh, how bad of a game it was. And I'm very surprised by that, J.T., because all offseason, all preseason, all training camp – Freddie kept driving home the point that this team is going to be hard nosed. They're going to be disciplined. Yeah. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to shoot ourselves in the foot kind of mentality. And they go out there and they did the exact opposite of what they talked about. They weren't going to be. Yeah. And so uh, very uncharacteristic uh, for this team. And um, I mean, just just surprising at the the number of um, the number of penalty, the number of yards. Uh, I mean, they were we we joke, but I actually looked up at one point in the game. Um, what the record was for most teams or for, for most penalties by one team in a game. And it's actually the Oakland Raiders who had 23 one time in that's a game. Incredible. And the Browns were approaching that range. I mean, <laughs> that, that's just how how obscure yeah. of a day it was for the Browns. And, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to note how they started the game off exactly the way everybody had, had thought and hoped. They marched right down the field. I think it was seven plays, 73 yards. It goes Everything to a touchdown. Everything about that drive was quick, decisive. Quick throws, hit OBJ several times, or there was a penalty, I believe. Greg Robinson got called for blocking in the back. A A penalty? I can't believe there was a penalty. (laughs) And so, but aside from that, it was a, and then the irony of all was Dontrell Hilliard scored, not Nick Chubb, but that's neither here nor there. But they went down the field, they looked like, as you mentioned, what we saw in the preseason, those few times we saw the first unit. And then it was just shoot self and shoot yourself in the leg and drive after drive a few plays penalty there was one drive i think where they almost had negative yardage it was embarrassing to watch they yeah it was the the rhythm just got totally off sync after that first drive and and i don't want to point to it, we talk about the irony the funny thing was they marched right down the field everything was going the way everybody had drawn up and then they go to kick the extra point and they miss it and and i don't want to blame the extra point but it seems like right after that point that's when the rhythm kind of went off because then the, the next drive and then it was punt, punt, punt. And I think it was a, a a fumble at one point or something like that. So it, it was just, yeah, it was just downhill from there. It, it, it's surprising how one team can look so good in the opening drive and then all of a sudden it's like they forgot how to play football. They really did. And we also had a drive where the Browns defense literally allowed – the Titans to go down the field. There were four penalties. If I'm, I have to check the stats. But I yeah, four there penalties. Four. They were driving. I think you're talking about the third quarter there, right? Yes. They had four penalties in that drive that allowed them to go right. To, or is either late second quarter, or early third quarter, whatever it was. But there was I four penalties. I think it's what put them up 15 to six. Six. Yes. And then the Browns came back, made it a you know 15-13 game, and the, and so that drive that allowed the Titans to go down the field, the defense has got to be better than that, and. We spoke with Demarius Randall. We also spoke with Sheldon Richardson. They all fell on the sword. They all said, "It's yeah, it's the NFL, but there's no excuses. It's got to be better. It will be better." They were all embarrassed. They, you know, they had to in the locker room afterwards. And I want to get your thoughts on what Freddie said and also what Baker Mayfield said. Um, 
OBJ, you know, he has some great thoughtful answers as to, all right, it was a horrific experience, but, you know, we don't really pay attention to any of the hype around the team or what you guys think we should do. You know, we're kind of in our own little cocoon trying to manifest our positive attitudes and go out and play, but we just were horrific, and he, he, he was very descriptive about that. Jarvis Landry was a little bit more testy, and I think he was upset with the assertion. One of the questions was, you know, you didn't practice, so, you know, we probably figure you're going to look this way. Or why didn't you guys uh, play? Why didn't you guys play in the preseason more? And, you know, he shot back saying, what kind of a question is that? You know, basically, that's it probably isn't a question that a player should answer. It should be. So I'm kind of curious was how was Freddie after the game when people may have said, you think you should have played more on the preseason? Yeah, and it's funny because the the first question I hit him with right after he uh, he you know, he came out and he, he acknowledged that, you know, disappointment in the locker room, which. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't there be disappointment after the way the way you performed? And I said, at what point in the in the process of preparing for the game was there a breakdown that allowed this many penalties? And his his response was candid. He basically said, I never saw this coming. And he's like, we're gonna go back, we're gonna watch this, and we're gonna correct it. Which, I mean, that's the the right thing to yeah, say. It's coach speak. Coach speak. But um, you know, you've had how long to prepare for? You know, basically since the off season, this was the game that you kind of circled because that's the, as they always say, the next game that we yeah. only focus on. You know, the, the next game that we're playing. So that was the quote unquote game that they were playing. So they they were focused on this for a long time, or should have been focused on this game for a long time. And then you go out there with all that excitement, with that stadium that was filled, and then you go out there and you you in essence lay an egg. Um, yeah, very very disheartening um, for, uh, for for this team with all the expectations. But as Freddie then continued on to say. Listen, this is one game. It only counts as one loss, as bad as it was. The, the, the sky is not falling. The earth is not, you know, coming to an end. Um, you know, we'll go back to the drawing board. We'll look at what we, we did wrong, why we caused so many penalties, and then we'll rectify the situation. Uh, my guess is it's not going to be a very exciting and fun week at practice for the Browns this week, especially right. after uh, everything they did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they admit that it was anything but a well-oiled machine today. It de- it definitely was not uh, uh, anything to write home about. And with so much hype, with so many fans that were at the stadium, so many and invested an entire off-season about this and were excited, um, just really disappointing to see that kind of a result. How about Baker's demeanor in the interview room and his, his some of his responses? Was he testy? Was he just like, hey, I was horrific, we were horrific, or how did he? No, he was, um, I mean, kind of typical Baker. I mean, just kind of, um, you know, obviously disappointed. He kind of had the, the look on his face if you if, – if you, if you could see his, see his face, I mean, you knew he was disappointed at the way he um, he played, uh, but also the way the team played. And um, he kind of echoed the same kind of things that Freddie said. Listen, we know that we committed a lot of penalties. We're going to go back. We're going to watch the tape. We're going to fix those fix those mistakes, and we got to be better next time. He was asked about the three interceptions he you know he threw. Um, you know, he was asked about if he was injured. Uh, yeah, there was if, that play in the end zone where he kind of looked like his right. arm got you know as Twisted he was throwing forward. It seemed like someone was pushing it slightly back, so he has no yeah. effects from that. And, and and he was asked about that, and he was real quick in saying, "I'm fine." I'll, you know, I'll be fine. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just a, just a different kind of, I think all of the Browns, including Baker, um, they're eating a, a slice, a huge slice of humble pie huge, today because huge. they, um, I, I felt like they, they were energized. They were excited about what they had built in the off season. 
the offseason moves that they had, the the, the acquisitions, uh, the defensive front four, um, you know, everything was, was trending up, 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 up. And then you go into the first game and it's just like a major, you know, roller coaster, like Millennium Force. I mean, it's just like right down, straight right down. down. And um, and so I think that they're they're a little humbled by this. And and as, as Freddie mentioned um, in the uh, uh, in the interview room, you know, he's at times in the off season he kept saying you know there's going to be times where we're going to face adversity that's what he kept saying well today he said we're facing adversity he, he acknowledged this is adversity. right out of the shoot right out of the shoot they got their adversity so now how do they take this adversity how do they bounce back from it and then can they go on national television next monday night against the jets and prove that this was not this was just a um not uh, what we're going to see all season long that this was just a one bad game um and that you know they've gotten that whatever it is out of them and now they're ready to move forward or are they going to go back and we're going to see kind of a same similar kind of thing and is it going to be like okay now everyone starts scratching their head saying okay so maybe the browns aren't quite what we thought the browns were going to be yeah. so it'll be an interesting week to see how they bounce back from this and you're going to have an extra day now of preparation yeah. uh for the new york uh for the new york jets um and it's going to be for all all the world to see uh how they bounce back and how they face this adversity that Freddie talked about for so long that at some point in the season you're going to face. And we'll see how these guys digest, if they even spend the time looking at it, what the national conversation is going to be. Because you know right now all the people that hated on the Browns for getting this talent and having so much hype are loving this, the cowherds, whoever. And that's all well and good. It's part of what they do. But I would assume that if you're a guy with thin skin and you play for the Cleveland Browns, you're going to want to stay away from any kind of media this week because you won't just catch it from the local guys like us saying, hey, you know, you, you could have played better. It was not good. You're going to hear it from all the national pundits and the NFL networks and ESPNs and so on and so forth. Uh, but again, maybe they have individuals on this team that will welcome that. Now, let me hear how bad you think we are. All right, you think we're this bad? You thought that was horrific? Where do you see what we do? Kind of like a psychological bolstering your your image before you go into the second game. And then we'll see what they're made of because it's the bright lights next week. They're not going to be in a in a, uh, a sound stage on in Hollywood playing a game in front of sound technicians and camera people. They're going to be on national television, Monday Night Football, the two teams that started Monday Night Football back in 1970, the Jets and the Browns in New York, the whole world watching. Good luck, guys. Yeah, and 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 it's funny because Freddie talked a little bit about that in his favorite, you know, kind of Freddieisms that he he says, you know, he says there's two kinds of teams. There's the teams that when they when they face something like this, they run away, and then he's like, then there's the other part of it where you run to, you know, together, you run towards each other. And he said, I think the the men that we have in in that locker room, meaning his players, mm-hmm. he says, I see these guys being the kind that will run together, uh, run towards each other, not run away from this. So. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see if that that's the case when the Browns uh, take on the Jets uh, next Monday. If they are really running towards each other and not running away from you know what we just saw on Sunday. Well, the big concern now is offensive line. Mm-hmm. You brought in two uh, guys that could play guard. One got pressed into action. Wyatt Teller wasn't even on the active list today. Yeah, two offensive game. linemen not act not even on the active. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're dressing today as part of the. You know the game day decisions. And they were down to, to the bare, you know, the bare, the bare end of the, you know, the bottom of the barrel as far as the available guys to play. Right. Kendall Lamb came into the game. He was popped over into right tackle. They moved Chris Hubbard to left tackle when. 
Greg Robinson got kicked out of the game for kicking somebody. Right. And so then, and all of a sudden, Kendall Lamb, two plays in or whatever it was, somebody rolls in the back of his knee. He's gone. I believe it was gone. a safety that on Baker Mayfield is when that play happened. Okay, so he's gone. Yeah. And then yep. now, it's, and getting back to post game and being in the locker room, I asked Joel Batonio what kind of an effect having to flip-flop people, move things around, guys getting ejected. And he said a little bit of an effect. He said, but, you know, come on now. I'm a, we're professionals here. This, we should be the type of a unit that can bounce around from instances like that and recover from them and be successful. And he said, we just didn't do it today. And nobody did anything today. And Freddie was asked about having not dressing or putting on the active for the game day, mm-hmm. the two offensive linemen. And he said, you know, obviously hindsight, the, the, the person that asked the question said, obviously hindsight's 2020, but you know, do you, would you change in the future? And Freddie said, I would never imagine we would have two offensive linemen go down in a game, let alone one being kicked out of a game. So he said, if I had to do it again, I I would do the exact same thing. I wouldn't change my approach simply based off of, you know, this game. I mean, who thinks they're going to go in there and have their, their offensive linemen kick a guy and be thrown out of a game. I mean, it just doesn't happen all that often. So uh, he was asked about that, that similar situation, but said if he, despite, you know, hindsight being 2020 now, he said he wouldn't change it. He would, he would do the same thing again. Um, it's just bizarre how one guy gets kicked out. The guy yeah. that comes in to replace him gets injured. And now all of a sudden you're down to your yeah, final shuff- out, if you will. You're shuffling people around. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys uh, react, see what happens with them. Um, obviously there's a tremendous amount of talent on that team with Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett and Ogan Joby and even Devereaux Lawrence, who's a backup, and he's capable of making big plays. Uh, but the scrutiny is going to be there, and it's deservedly so. We'll see what they uh, are are made of. So, PJ, appreciate you stopping by the uh, little pop-up pod. That's right. Here and on don't forget, the, this was sponsored by the, sponsored by the, the color, color yellow, yellow for all the penalty flags. And I said one time during the game when the uh, visitors marched down the field, they marched down on a carpet of yellow because yes. – they had four penalties that helped right. them. It was insane to watch this team ha- be so undisciplined on opening day uh, when you know they're capable of so much more. So thanks, PJ. Okay, you got it. Appreciate it, buddy. And sure. I appreciate you guys listening to this edition of Tellich Talks. We will, of course, be back with another episode rather shortly. Just wanted to get this to you. Instant reaction, as we also say in Cleveland, instant overreaction, right, (laughs) to the Cleveland Browns as they head into week number two at 0-1 after a very rough start. And to steal a line from Freddie Kitchens, it's very tough to go 16-0. The Browns certainly won't be going 16-0 this year. Yeah, someone was saying, well, they can still finish 15-1. There you go. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Good luck. Thanks for listening, everybody, to this edition of Tellich Talks. We'll see you next time right here. Thanks.